Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Life in Sport podcast. And we're joined by a very special guest from the 2008 AFL Grand Final. He won it with the Hawthorne Hawks. He also played with West Coast Eagles. His name is Xavier Ellis. Thanks for joining us. And how's your day going so far? This episode is made possible by our main sponsor, Troy Thompson from LJ Hooker Gun Garland. As you may or may not know, Troy played 156 first grade NRL games for the Canberra Raiders, which means he's a team player. And he'll help you tackle all of your home buying and selling goals in the Gungahlin area. No, absolute pleasure, mate. Uh, great to be here. I, funnily enough, um, I just got upsold by a gentleman uh, who knocked on my door uh, only about two or three minutes ago. His name was James. Um, yep. he, he was uh, he had a disability and he was cleaning windows. Oh wow! Uh, and he wanted to do my windows and my pool uh, fence. Anyway, he got two hundred out of me. So uh, oh, nice. I'm putting after this. After this, I've got to go to the bank to uh, to get set up so James can come and clean my uh, clean my windows. Bloody good on him! Um, that's he, that's great initiative. Was, yeah, no, fantastic. I think he thought I was taking the piss, and I said I can't talk now. Um, come back in an hour and a half. <laughs> I think he thinks I'm not going to be home. But anyway, that was uh, yeah, great initiative and uh, yeah, good way to good way to earn a buck for the for the man. Oh, absolutely, and I mean it, it's summer coming up, so hopefully he can get to swim in some of the pools that he does as well. And he saved me some uh, saved me some grief too with the wife. So um, I'll tell her I did the windows, and uh, James won't get any credit for it. But oh, uh, no, it's, a, it's a happy ending for all of us. Absolutely. So I mean, let's get started with your junior days with Melbourne Grammar. What was that like for you? Mate, funnily enough, uh, my first roommate at Melbourne Grammar was uh, a big, dopey, full forward, um, reasonably good looking. A uh, pretty good footballer, Tom Hawkins. So, oh wow, <laughs> uh, he, yeah, him, him and I, Reason, uh, reasonably I, good. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, some say he's, he's overrated, but um, no. Nah. I mean, some would say he's no Xavier Ellis. Let's be honest. No, you're right. No, I got him <laughs> drafted actually. Uh, no, nah, so my first roommate, Tommy Hawkins. So he's from um, Finley in country New South Wales, and I'm from Lake Ties Beach, country Victoria, and uh, just coincidental that um, you know two blokes that love playing footy teamed up at Melbourne Grammar and um, so we did that together and I was drafted year 11, end of year 11, he was drafted end of year 12. Um, <laughs> so uh, it's fair to say the academic side of things were, weren't at the forefront of our minds. Um, <laughs> kicking nah, footy sure. through doorways and sneaking <laughs> beers in the toilets and uh, hiding from classes and teachers and all that sort of stuff was probably more of our one would. That's fair enough. And obviously, as you just mentioned, you were drafted basically the back end of grade 11 to the Hawks. What was it like? Did, was there any interest, you know, prior, was there any prior interest from the Hawks, you know, saying, yeah, we're going to pick you sort of thing? Uh, I was a little bit fortunate. That was the, really the last completely uh, the priority picks in that draft. I think three teams had priority picks. Um, Hawthorne, Carlton and Collingwood. So it went Carlton, Collingwood, Hawthorne, and then it went Carlton, Collingwood, Hawthorne again with the first six picks. So, um, I had three meetings with – I've had four meetings, sorry, with uh, with four clubs. And they mm-hmm. were those three, those three and Fremantle. I think Fremantle had picked 10, but I was told uh, I'd be gone at pick five, I think it was, or six. That's pretty so good. I knew I was going to stay in Melbourne, um, but you feel like you're an adult at 17, but Christ yeah. almighty, you're still a kid. Um, yeah. You know, year 11, uh, going into year 12, but – yeah, I think there is certainly something in where the age of the uh, the draft had to increase because uh, 
I got kids now, and more and more, I, I look back and you know, I'm hanging around schools a little bit more. I know it sounds a bit suspect, but <laughs> um, just with work and all that sort of stuff. And I yeah. look at Year Twelve students and think these these kids wouldn't know if their ass was on fire. Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, you know, and I was one of those kids. I just yeah, the world had changed. I'd, I'd met one AFL football essentially. Um, maybe one more than one because uh, Paul Deere, who's unfortunately passed away, used to own the local pub, and Greg Deere's the local accountant. Uh, a few Premiership players there, but uh, yeah, Paul Salmon was a, a one of the really only uh, interactions I had with a, an AFL player. So it was just so surreal, and uh, to play AFL was just a dream. I, I had ambitions of playing football for Lakes Entrance. Uh, as oh a kid, wow! You know, <laughs> wonder one day if I'll be able to play um, seniors for Lakes Entrance. Unfortunately. The AFL level, I didn't hit any great heights, but um, yeah, I was pretty thrilled and proud. Great heights, mate. You, you won a grand final. Like, there's not many people that can say I've been in a grand final, let alone won a grand final. Yes, no, you're right. I was, yeah, no, I certainly was lucky where I was drafted. Uh, what I played in 08, uh, played in 2012 grand final, missed 2013 with an injury, and then played in another one in 2015. So. Uh, to have been in the AFL for 11 years and four of those years to be um, involved in the final week is a uh, is a pretty fortunate situation. Oh, absolutely. Um, and let's tracking back to the start of your AFL career at the Hawks. Obviously, we just covered the the draft and all that. Um, your first goal in the AFL came against Tom Hawkins, Geelong. I don't know if Tom was playing for Geelong then at that point because I don't think he was because he was drafted a year later. But obviously, he went on to Geelong. Um, mm. Do you remember that goal against Geelong and all sort of thing, and you know the feeling afterwards? Yeah, I do remember it. Uh, it was down in Tassie. It was the year Geelong won the grand final. Yep. Uh, Geelong with that unbelievable team in 07, uh, and we beat them as underdogs <laughs> down in Tassie uh, early in the year. Now, the only way I really remember it is because it was, I think it was the match winner, pretty much. Now, I know that sounds <laughs> like I'm, I'm out, I've got my head up my ass, but what happened was Luke Hodge, the, the megastar Luke Hodge, yep. broke about eight tackles, sold candy, uh, shrugged someone, stiff arm someone, did all the hard work, did everything, and, you just and then I was it. in the and, and then I was in the goal square by myself, and he handballed it over the top to me, and I kicked the winning goal. Or, or, I think it was I think it was the winning goal. Anyway, everyone ran to Hodge because it was amazing. Yep. Now the week after, I kicked a goal against Carlton on a Friday night, or two weeks after from Friday night, a Friday night game against Carlton, uh, and it was a pretty good goal from about fifty. And the whole team ran to me. Yeah. And I was like, shit, these blokes think this is my first goal. Uh, <laughs> they, they, they're forgetting I kicked the match winner two weekends ago, um, which was a Joe the Goose did nothing. So, yeah, I do remember my first goal uh, because it was my first goal, but also because of how I did so little to kick that goal. It was, yeah. uh, it, was it was the superstar Luke Hodge who poked it over the top of me. Uh, and then so much so that none of my teammates even knew it was my first goal. <laughs> no, nah, well, I mean, that's sometimes how it goes. Obviously, the 08 season will definitely, you know, live in the memory of yours and many Hawks fans because um, it was the first grand final in a while that the Hawks won. What was that season like? What was the vibe around the team in general? Because obviously, a lot of teams, when they go through a premiership winning season, have a specific, you know, a different vibe sort of thing. What was that like? And what was grand final week like for you? So we were, I think we were, if not the youngest, maybe the second youngest team yeah. in the competition that year. So, yeah, Cyril was 18, 19, Brenton Roof was 18, 19, I was 20, Virtual was 20, Franklin was 21, Roughhead was 21, Clinton Young was 21. Probably the only um, oldest head you had there was probably Campbell Brown. Well, Croft. Croft was still out yeah. there at 63 years old. So <laughs> yeah. um, 
Apart from that, we we were all, uh, really young, and and Prof probably blew out our average age by yeah miles. But yeah, um, now nah, we were so lucky. Like, I mean, Lance Franklin kicking hundred goals and Jared Ruffhead kicking eighty five or something along those lines. Like, insane, insane numbers yeah. for a season. Yeah, so I think Franklin had two hundred shots at goal that year, and I went through. There's a game there, and and. It, if you're listening to this, jump on AFL tables and have a look at the 08 season. There was a game where he kicked, I think, one goal 11. I think it was 111, Franklin. And you go, and I'm thinking, Jesus Christ, if I got 12 kicks in a game, I'd be fucking thrilled. So yeah. um, we had we had the superstar, um, Franklin. We had an awesome midfield, Sam Mitchell, Luke Hyde. But we, we, pound for pound, we weren't anywhere near what the level of Geelong were. Um, yeah. You know, Brownlow medalist, Norm Smith medalist, premiership players, all that sort of stuff was there. Um, but we were fitter than them. I think that's what we really sold ourselves on. We were we were younger and fitter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that, that was that was how we built it up. We lost to them around 17 that year. Uh, and Clarko did say um, after that game, we had a meeting on the Saturday morning. It was a Friday night game. We lost that we'll win the flag if we do these two or three things. And it was clear, concise, exactly what we needed to do. Uh, and so come grand final day, there was probably only um, what eighty thousand members and wow. twenty two players who probably who probably thought we were ever going to beat Geelong. Everyone else thought Geelong were going to walk up and whip and, and whip us. But um, yeah, yeah, it was hot. It was twenty eight degrees or something, uh, and we knew uh, it's just Clark. Whether we were the fittest or weren't the fittest, he had twenty two blokes believing we were the fittest. Um, and yeah, it was twenty eight degrees. And we just internally thought um, we'll run straight over the top of these blokes. And uh, we had two injuries done for the day by half time. Trent Crowe broke his foot and Clinton Young had a synesmosis. Oh. Uh, and, and still, it just we were just fed full of that much shit that we thought we were, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's amazing. It's, it's just uh, what a It's amazing what a is. sense of belief can do. Exactly right. What the coaches can do um, and, and, and the mind. The mind's a wonderful thing. Just a short tale on, on you know, me personally, half time I was absolutely cooked. I was running my guts out. Uh, yep. I didn't have a lot of energy left. <clears throat> to be honest with you, I thought I was absolutely rooted. Yeah. And our fitness coach ran in, Andrew Russell, and said that just told me the Geelong players are sitting in a freezer van. They hired a freezer van for the day to cool <laughs> down. And that's all I needed. Again, the mind was like, I don't need to go in a freezer van. I'm fine. Yeah. So that was you know, internally. I was like, right, I've I've got them. I think personally on a running level now because. They're, they're in a worse way than I am. Uh, again, absolutely full of shit, probably. Yeah. But as long as the mind believes it, uh, it's amazing what you can do. Oh, that's absolutely it. And that's amazing to hear. And obviously, the end of the 2008 season, you guys, the Hawthorne Hawks, are grand final winners. What was it like, you know, the post-week grand final, you know, celebrations and whatnot? Uh, I, I do have regrets around that because I was, I was 20. I was too young um, to really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I played footy for two years and won a flag. <laughs> And played pretty well in the day. Like I just was just too young to. If you'd fast forward eleven years and go, shit, you're only going to win one flag. Here, yeah. have a real good time at it. Don't me wrong, I, I didn't miss too many opportunities to celebrate. But um, you know, it, and that's why I reckon when we lost in 2015, uh, it really ripped the heart out because I realised that the opportunity probably wasn't going to come back. Whereas. You know, I, I thought I was going to win three or four of them. And, yeah, you're like, uh, oh, this is light work. As Jack and Evan says, this is light work, you know. Yeah, yeah. If I'd zigged instead of zagging, maybe I had, could have won another one or so. But, um, you know, injuries played a bit of a part at the back end of Hawthorne. And um, 
but I wouldn't change it for the world. Uh, missing out on <clears throat> missing out on flags, but moving to WA and uh, getting married and having kids and all that sort of stuff. So um, a bit of yin and yang. You miss the flag, and that's 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 upsetting. But uh, and you lose a flag, but um, you know I wouldn't change it for the world. No, that's fair enough. Now. When I was doing my research on you, I found obviously the nicknames. You know, there's X, there's X Man, obviously yep. for Xavier. But I found one. It's Big Pepsi. What's the meaning <laughs> behind Big Pepsi and the origin story for that? Now you're not the first person to ask me this. I've <laughs> never once in my life been called Big Pepsi oh. ever, <laughs> not ever. So I don't know where it's come from. Uh, someone slapped it down on the Wikipedia page, um, and I, I don't mind it personally, Big Pepsi, but. Uh, <laughs> I prefer yeah. that over X nah, or X Men. Nah, there's yeah, there's no there's no um, there's no story behind it at all. Over here at, when I was at West Coast, I used to get called Swaggy a little mm-hmm. bit just because I'm a dork. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's not one cool bone in my body, uh, and there's a basketball called Swaggy P um, over in the states who's cool and, and got all the swag. Um, but for me, I'll swaggy X, uh, and it wasn't at all because I was a, a cool cat. I can say that the much. polar opposite of him. Yeah. Sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. No, and people call me swag still swaggy swag. And, <laughs> and it's quite endearing, but they're taking the piss out of me. No, kind of like how they call people call it ginger bluey sort of thing over mm. here. Yeah. No, nice. Um, and obviously this comes to some fun sort of topics now of your time at the Hawks and West coast. Who was the biggest pest at each of those clubs? The biggest pest, Mark Lecrae at West Coast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, the only thing was he was a pest and you couldn't really do much back to it. He's good looking. <laughs> uh, he was a gun footballer, talented at everything he picked up. He was a smart ass. Uh, Lecker was a pest. And at Hawthorne, uh, Michael Osborne was a pest. I don't know if you remember Aussie. Uh, he was a pest. And then mm-hmm. probably an extension of that. I think some people probably say I was a pest now. I think about it. But um yeah, Osborne was was the first serial pest, and then uh, Mark Lecraft. Yeah, nice. Um, and who was the funniest teammate at the Hawks and West Coast? Because sometimes it's the same as the pest, sometimes it's different. Yeah, Michael Osborne was funny. Um, yep. Humor-wise, I, I, I laugh. I laugh at Campbell Brown a lot. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure I laugh with him. I laugh at him. Um, yep. So, I mean, that's a Does he just do right? or say just shit that just makes you laugh sort of thing? Just, just tell stories and you think, shit, I'd never do that in my life. <laughs> a gun to my head, I wouldn't try that or I wouldn't do that. Or uh, Now, it was only the other day I was on his Instagram page re-watching the video of him trying to ride a horse when it bucked him off and he nearly <laughs> yeah. broke his back. And he thinks it's the funniest thing that's ever happened to him. Um, I'd say that's more Brown- of the scariest fucking thing that's happened to me. Yeah, so I laughed at Brownie. Um, uh, Osborne was funny. Uh, who else had a good sense of humour? Uh Look, there's a lot of blokes that are funny. Like, I, I really get on well with, yeah, Scotty Selwood, uh, yep. dry sense of humour. Um, we always, I think we're lucky in the footy world that um, everyone's got to have a thick skin pretty much. Yeah. So, like, for example, Nick Natanui, who in WA, there's no one bigger than Nick Nat. Um, undoubtedly, there's no one bigger than him. And he's the one I, I took. I, I mean, maybe Aaron, Aaron Sanderlands if we're talking height-wise. Height, height, <laughs> Sandy's got him. But it, Nick Nat, you target him with your gags and you yeah. go after him. And, and and a lot of superstars aren't like that. A lot of superstars are vulnerable and, and weak as piss when it comes to, you know... Well, Nick Nat's from the west of Sydney in Penrith, so like they're born different out there. Is Nick Nat from Penrith? I'm pretty sure he's from Penrith, yeah. Well, he, scored, he, scored in, um, yeah he scored in Midland and all that sort of stuff over here. So, oh, okay, uh, that's fair. 
yeah, yeah. So, uh, no, no, those sort of guys, if you aim at the stars, uh, I feel like that was always a good benchmark. If you're going to yeah. take the piss, take the piss out of the stars. Yeah, no, absolutely. Aim high. Don't don't go for yeah. the low blows. Aim high, absolutely. Nah. And you were just talking about Clarko and the coach's influences, you know, during that 2008 season. Which coach had the biggest influence on you throughout your whole career and, to some extent, the man you are now? Uh, well, look, you're lucky. So I said how lucky I was to be around so many grand finals. In terms of coaches that have been assistants under Clarkson who have gone on to AFL coaches, you've got, and I might have missed a few, Hardwick, Bolton, so Beveridge, Cameron, Simpson, um, I know Todd Viney went and did um, some fill-in stuff. Uh, and then off that, off Simo, there's Don Pike. Uh, so um, Adam Simpson as an assistant uh, was always spectacular to me. Um, and I, I knew Simo probably when I wasn't at my sharpest and my brightest. I was injured a lot, uh, a little bit flat around the footy club a fair bit. So he was always brilliant to me and extended me an opportunity to uh, to continue my career. But I mean, Clarkson's probably the one, mate. You just sit yeah. there and, um, you know, what, what he did to me and shaping me and caring for me and, and giving me feedback when I needed it, both positive and negatively, I'd say Clarkson. Well, that and, and also... Chris Fagan's another one, of course. Uh, yep. Fagan's was really good to me. Uh, he had an invested interest in me, uh, invested interest in me when I was injured. Uh, he cared. Uh, and so, yeah, there's so many great coaches and Hawthorne's been a, uh, a breeding ground for them. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, the record speaks for itself. Three in a row in the in the mid to early to like 2010s, you know, and the grand final in 08, it, you know, it's no wonder. Um, let's go mm. to some short, um, some quick fire questions. Android or Apple? Yep. Uh, Apple. Yeah, absolutely. You can't not. Um, I, I did. I did that on radio the other day. Android yep. or Apple? And I got abused. And I'm like, is this just a loud minority? Surely everyone's Apple. Uh, the, like I'm Windows when it's computer, but everything else, Apple. Yeah, everything yeah, else. No, I'm on. I'm on a HP as we speak. So I don't. Yep. I, I'm not big into tech, but uh, my iPhones and all that sort of stuff. Apple Pods, everything. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. How do you like your steak? Medium rare. Well done. That's the. Uh, that, no, I don't like it. Well done. I'm just saying. Well done to that answer because I love yeah. medium rare as well. Nah, uh, we, my wife just got me a smoker. Uh, oh, a good nice. Smoker for my for Father's Day, we had people over for dinner uh, the other day, and it was what day it was a Caulfield Cup day? It was Caulfield nice. Cup day, and um, it's fair to say I got distracted by the races because it was as dry <laughs> as anything to meet when I was finished with it. But I'm a medium rare man, and I've got to improve on the smoker. That's fair enough. Uh, what beer is your beer of choice at the moment? Uh, I'm a single fin man. It's a WA beer, Gage Roads number. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to get really hungover, really hungover. I would be sick till midnight the following night, vomiting nonstop. Uh, either I'm fat and well-trained now, which is the, probably the likely answer, but um, single fin, I can have... I can have a lot, and I know I'm going to be okay the next day. Oh, that's good to hear. And speaking of superpowers, if you could have a superpower, what would it be and why? Superpower. Um, oh, I'd love to see the future. Yeah. I'd love to just know what's going to happen. And then either adjust it. Like 160 million at Lotto tonight. I mean... Oh. Hey, I'm living in I'm living in Cottesloe on the beach. Like I'm winning that I'm winning Lotto. So oh no, absolutely. Uh, give, give me the future. I was gonna say I was gonna say, and I don't want it to sound um, disrespectful to those that do have memory loss, but there's something in having memory loss. Um, 
not getting wired by shit that's happened to you in the past. Mm. Um, short-term memory, mind like a goldfish, all that sort of stuff. Um, there's something to it. I think uh, my mates who are happiest are those that don't don't hang on what's what, happened in the past. So, like the ignorance is bliss type thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, well, that didn't work. Move on. Uh, whereas I get a bit caught up in it all. Yeah, no, nah, I agree with that. I'm, I'm much the same with that. Um, and last one of the quick fire questions is, what's your favourite movie of all time? Favourite movie of all time? Mm-hmm. My, uh, now, this isn't my favourite, but I'm going to say underrated and people probably don't respect it enough. Yep. Uh, Step Brothers. Oh, I was literally I just talking find, about that to me workmates yesterday. It's such yeah, a good film. I seem to find um, clips of that that are funny. Uh, but maybe a Shawshank. Oh, uh, great film. Yeah, that, that could possibly be an all-timer. Uh, in terms of TV shows, I'm going back through um, The Inbetweeners, uh, oh, which yeah? is my favourite TV show. Um, that, that, that's just 30 minutes of laughing. Absolute tripe, <laughs> shit-talking, completely inappropriate. I was going to post something the other day on Twitter, the most inappropriate <laughs> minute and a half I've ever seen on TV. Yeah. Uh, so... No, uh, I'll go Shawshank and a TV series. Give me the in-betweeners. Yeah, nice. Um, and tangenting into your um, post-playing, say, your retirement days, first of all, how was the transition for you in the immediate few months after you retired? Um, I originally wanted to stay in footy, uh, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. It was hard to get a job. Uh, so I-, I was really lucky, mate, to be honest with you. Um, <clears throat> you have a little bit of anxiety around what you're going to do because all you know is um, from finishing school, well, year 11 uh, is footy. So uh, you're really you're really relying on your connections you've made through uh, footy for a job because you don't have the experience of, you know, if I'm going for an accountancy job, they're not going to, and it's a, and someone's got 10 years experience in front of you, they're not going to give it to you because you're a footballer. Yeah. Because uh, a lot of us study uh, along the way, and I've got a bachelor degree in business sports management. But another example, like your business degree or whatever, and your sports management degree, you're really relying for someone to go, uh, okay, I understand that footy clubs put you in certain environments and certain positions and how you would have waded your way through that, the pressures of playing you know, on TV and in front of big crowds. And that, that that's what you're relying on is, is the experiences you picked up in football to try and help you out to get a job because uh, the experience people pick up whilst you're playing football, you can't compete with. But uh, So there's anxieties around getting a job. And then I fell into the media and uh, I've been there since. So uh, Have radio. you been enjoying the media since then? Uh, bits and pieces of it um, has its highs and its lows. Uh, what would be the the highlight so far for you working in the media? Oh, mate, it's funny. Like we we get a call of football every week with Triple M, so that's yeah. that's always good fun. But little things like I wanted to compete in a karaoke contest, so I flew to Japan uh, <laughs> to compete. Not, to, yeah, okay, just karaoke. No, no, Japanese karaoke. That's yeah, amazing. So, um, you know, I, I wasn't a big fan of the Royals. Um, so I got flown over to Harry and Meghan's wedding. <laughs> uh, that's funny. because you know, I, I myself am not a big fan of the Royals either, but I can, that's just the polar opposite of being, of being, not being a fan going over there for a wedding. Yeah. No. Nah, so, you know, that, that wedding, for example, I was um, in a pub in, at Windsor front row, uh, <laughs> Meghan Markle and Harry third, three meters from me. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, so, you know, just stuff like that. It, um, you know, I think my wife who does a tremendous job with her, her work, but um, she's certainly not doing stupid shit like I get to do sometimes. That's fair enough. And uh, last question I've got for you is, what's next for Xavier Big Pepsi Ellis? 
what's next, mate? It's a bloody good question. Uh, I'm pretty keen for three kids, but um, unfortunately, it takes two to tango. So, <laughs> That's uh, true. So I think I'm going to be wedged on two, which is a, a little bit limiting to what I wanted. But um, yeah, kids, um, mate, I, I just want to, I'll work seven days a week um, for you know, nine months, I suppose, um, or maybe more, whatever it is. But uh, what's next? I would love to get back into footy in some way. Yep. Um, maybe coaching the waffle or something. Yeah, don't know what it is, to be honest. Um just think that I'd like to do you know, list management stuff or management of some description. Don't know. Uh, but, you know, the media stuff, it's good. It pays well uh, in terms of supporting lifestyle of a family. So you don't really want to, um, you know, throw, throw that against the wall when you've got kids and all that sort of stuff. So at the moment, yep. I'm really content and grateful for what I've, what I've got. So, yeah, media or um, eventually crawling my way back into the footy world. Yeah, nice. Um, and I just thought of a last question that I'm going to start doing at literally as of this episode, because I thought of the idea um, actually from Will Schofield's podcast, Backchat, which is a great yep. podcast. I'm sure you've heard of it. Um, anyone who hasn't, go ahead and w- listen and watch uh, Backchat episodes. Also, be sure to check out my episode with Will Schofield from a few weeks ago. The question is, what question do you want to ask the next guest that comes on the podcast? Uh, if you were to invest your final dollars, would you be would pre- would you be would you be choosing property or the share market right now? 